Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go tonight, Matthew 16. Let's talk about the undefeatable church. Amen. The undefeatable church. The church, the, the, these, are, these are some things I've, I've got to understand. And, and the Lord said to me some uh, time ago, and you know, right along those lines with the, the brothers and, and, and others ministering, and you know, this, the, the brothers might be ministering, brethren might be ministering on you know, some Wednesdays and whatnot, but we've got the ladies are ministering too. Carrie's done ladies meeting. Tanya's got a ladies meeting coming up soon. And Deborah, I think y'all are doing a book study. Is that right? Uh, via Zoom. How many are in that book study on Zoom? Amen. Is it blessing you? Amen. Is it blessing you? You wouldn't lie to me, right? Okay. Because I know your dad can choke you. I, I... <laughs> Hallelujah. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a joke. Amen. But, uh, uh, but the, the, the point that, that I'm making is that, uh, uh, what point was I making? You messed me up. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was talking about the, 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 the oh, that, that, you know, the Lord said to me some, year, some time ago, I have a, uh, a friend that when you go to their ministry, his hands are in everything. And I, now, please don't misunderstand. I'm not being critical. This is a powerful man of God, and I love him with all of my heart. But I was watching him one time. He was running to the sound and, and running over here. And if something messed up, you know, he was up and, and trying to fix it. And the Lord said something to me. He said, the ministry that grows is the ministry that you give away. The ministry that grows is the ministry that you give away. Now, that, that doesn't mean, you, you know, I'm going to quit being the pastor and, and just not be here. But it, but it means this, for any church, for any body, to, any body, and what I mean body as in local church body, to grow, to expand, there, there has to be not only a taking of ownership. I've known pastors before that would say, nobody will take ownership in my church. They wouldn't give anybody anything to own. If you don't give them something to own, there's no ownership to be taken, ever what it may be. Right, the pastor sets the parameters. This is, is the direction we want to go, right? This is what I would like to see. And now here you go. Amen. Man, I was, I was back in that back room today and, and just thinking to myself, man, we, we, have, given, we have given these pastors, both, all four of them, youth pastors, children's pastors, a Cadillac. A Cadillac. Amen. Hallelujah. It, I mean, Wow. I was back there, and I, and I hit the light switch, and it, was just, it just came on. Wow. Amen. I, I, went, I went in the back behind the, the stage. It's like, it's like a condominium back there. I mean, you, right? Got artificial grass and everything. You got a dog, just bring them back there. But amen. <laughs> amen. Not a cat, though. But, but my point is, is that you give it away, and here's why. 
a church will not outgrow me. The Lord said that to me some years ago. A church, the church will never outgrow me. All right? If, if the pastor, if the leader is doing everything and got their hands in everything, that department, can, that, that whole church can't outgrow them because nobody can do it all. No one. If you're if 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 when you're pastoring children's ministry, people think, "Oh, children's ministry. We just need a couple people." Have you ever pastored children? You need more than a couple. I mean, you need wranglers back there. I mean, how? Amen. Kathleen was telling me she had laid hands on Brother Joe and told that sickness to leave his body, and it just came out of me. I was talking to my wife. I said, yeah, she laid hands on him and said, Hint, get on out of here. <laughs> now, for those of you that don't know, when her father was on the earth, Brother Junior, that's why he would say if he wanted to get his mule's attention or his dog, it was always, Hint, get on, Hint. And so, but it left, didn't it? It left, so it worked. Amen. But it, it will not outgrow me. And, and I'm constantly telling the Lord, I'm asking him, Lord, where am I holding things back? Am I hindering something, right? Because I, I want people to grow into everything that they need to grow into, amen? Leaders have to see the church as it was meant to be seen. They have to see the church as it was meant to be seen. Hallelujah. That's so important. You don't get, never let someone else's idea define your idea of the church. Let the word define your idea of the church. Right? This, this is your, this is your uh, thesaurus, if we could say. This is your lexicon. The word of God. What does the word say about the church? Amen. The church is a supernatural vehicle made up of spiritual people living in the present. The church is a supernatural vehicle made up of spiritual people living in the present. We're not natural people. We live in the natural, but we're not natural people. We're spiritual people. Amen. Do you see this? And, and what, what we have to be cautious about do you remember, and we won't take the time to go there, but when Jesus made the statement to the people that were listening to him, and he made this statement, and they, they were having trouble believing what he was saying. And he said, you know what? You can discern the face of the sky, and you'll say tomorrow it's going to rain because the sky looks this way, but you can't discern what I'm saying. Right? Right? Do you see that? We have a lot of issues in the church today where a lot of believers, a lot of pastors, a lot of ministries are making a lot of decisions based on things that are seen. And Jesus was not good with that. Amen. The church, the scene is not the focus of the church. Ever what's going on in the world. That is not our focus. Amen. 
we have to function in the realm of the spirit. Why? That's the realm that we've been equipped to operate in. We are not equipped, now hear me when I say this, to function like the world functions. Right? You know how the world is. And I'll just take it from the headlines. If they ease the restrictions, the world's like, whew. But then they talk about tightening them up. <sighs> you and me were just like, hallelujah. <laughs> right? Because, it, I mean, we're not, we don't function there. The natural realm is subject to change and is not the friend of the believer. The natural realm is subject to change. And it is not the friend of the believer. Now I'm saying all that to get us into this, the undefeatable church. When I wrote the book, The Local Church, The Hope of the World, Local Church, The Hope of the World, that was uh, one of two books that I just sat down at my computer and just hammered out. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of my other books are, are transcribed. But those uh, first words matter, last words stand, planners, planners, Pioneers and pa planners, pastors, and pioneers, and uh, the local church, the hope of the world. I, I wrote those just at my desk. And I remember when I wrote the book, of course, every book I write, I send to my pastor. Uh, I want him to look over it and read it. And uh, when he read Local Church, Hope of the World, he made a statement. When I saw him, he said, I really enjoyed your book. And he made this statement. He said, the church needs all the cheerleaders it can get right now. Amen. Amen. The, the church needs people seeing it for what it is. Amen. The church is the change agent in the earth. The church is the body of Christ. So the church then is not weak, asleep, defeated, or otherwise incapacitated. Amen. The church is a force that has to be reckoned with and a power for which the enemy has no answer. No answer. Look, look, look at Matthew 16. Hallelujah. I'm in Isaiah, so that won't work. Matthew 16 and verse 17. I've already preached myself happy. Matthew 16, verse 17. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, against the church. So the rock is the rock of revealed knowledge. The rock is the knowledge of who Christ is and who we are in Christ. The rock of revealed knowledge. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Upon this revealed knowledge, I will build my church. All right, the word is the Greek word ekklesia, E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A, ekklesia. It means called out ones, set apart ones, all right, those that are called to something. All right, upon this rock I will build my church. And notice the gates of hell and the gates of hell. 
Now, right there, we th- people think hell, and they think fire and brimstone and uh, a gnashing of teeth and the worm doesn't die. Well, that's all in hell, the literal place hell. This, is, this represents power. This represents authority. All throughout the Word of God, gates represents governance and authority. Governance and authority. All right, in Genesis 23, when God was speaking to Abraham, he made the statement to Abraham. He said, now I know that you believe me because you have not withheld your son, your only son, but you've done what I asked. And he said, because of that, the blessing's going to come on you, right? And your seed shall possess the gates of his enemies. Well, the seed he was referring to was Jesus. And gates represents, represent authority and governance. Everywhere you see this word hell in the literal Greek renderings, and when you look at translations that have literal Greek, it's powers of death, authority of death. Hell represents death. Hell is the place of the dead, Gehenna, Sheol, the place of the dead. In the book of Revelation, it's referred to as the second death. All right? Now, the reason I say that is so he says that the gates, the authority, the powers of death and hell will not prevail against the church. It won't. The word prevail means to be superior in strength, to overcome or to overpower. Won't, Won't happen. Will not happen. Amen. And Jesus said... The power of hell will not be superior in strength, overcome or overpower the church. That does not sound like a weak, incapacitated entity to me. If when people talk about the church that way, they're talking about religion, not the church. Amen. I, I, I knew a guy one time that, that came to church here, and we were on a men's meeting one time, and uh, he was kind of a religious guy, and uh, he said something to me, and he thought I'd, you know, I would, I don't know, I guess he thought I would get wax theological with him, I don't know, and, and he said, uh, he said uh, you know, we just don't see miracles in the church no more. I said, what church you go to? We see them all the time. Amen. I, I was sitting in my office tonight, and Aaron came in and told me about a miracle. Hallelujah. We, 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 we've got people in here, you've had miracles in your body. Your body's healed. Amen. Every time I look at Hannah, I think there's a miracle. Amen. They, 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 they said impossible, but there she is. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Isn't, isn't that good news? Now, the reason I'm saying that is people talk about religion And religion is weak and incapacitated and asleep and defeated. Not the church. Not the church. The church is the occupying force in the earth enforcing hell's defeat. Enforcing hell's defeat. Do you remember what Jesus said uh, uh, in the parable of the talents? It says that, that he called all the servants together and he, he gave to each man according to his several ability. Then what did he say? Occupy till I return. The word is do business. 
Do business till I return. Well, what's the business of the church? The business of the church is to go into every man's world and preach the gospel. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they'll cast out devils. The very first thing he said was that the church would be casting out devils. Is that right? Why? They have no authority. They have no power. They have no ability to overcome the church. You cannot ever get yourself focused on what the devil might be doing. The devil is going to do what the devil does. Our focus is not what the devil's doing. Our focus is on what Jesus Christ said the church was supposed to be doing. Oh, glory. We're the occupying force. We're the force that has to be dealt with. Amen. Notice Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. Never let someone else define the church for you. Revelation 118. Jesus, I am he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And notice, and have the keys of hell and death. Well, why does he have the keys of hell and death? Because he's possessed the gates of his enemies. And who did he possess the gates of his enemies for? Us. Our, our elder brother has the keys. Hallelujah. Does he have them? Is this present tense? He has the keys of hell and death. That represents all authority over all power of the enemy. All authority over all power of the enemy. He has the keys of hell and death. He has them. We are conducting kingdom business on the earth. I refuse to let others define the church for me. Amen. When we talk about the church, you talk about the church in the terms the word uses. Amen. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2. Oh, glory. I was talking to a brother one time. He called me as a ministry liaison for a ministry. And he called me and he didn't know me. We were getting to know each other. And he asked me, he said, uh, Philip, what? These, these were his words. He said, what, uh, what, uh, what cranks your tractor? I said, the local church. He said, oh, really? I said, yeah, it's, a, it's the hope of the world. And I just took off on the local church. He said, well, I can tell that. The, the local church scares the devil because he has no answer for it. Amen. We, look, in this room, there is enough Holy Ghost power to run every devil out of every city we're a part of. And we're doing it. We're doing every, every, every chance we get. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you understand that? 
But, but I hear people talking. Now, now, if I talk about some of your favorite people, don't get mad at me. Oh, there's a that devil behind racism causing all kinds of problems. We're causing all kinds of problems for the devil. That's why he's upset. That's why he's mad. Because everywhere he goes, we're jamming the two-edged sword in his ribs. Amen. He can't, he can't get away from us. Amen. Like John Osteen said, he said, he said one time, now, now I don't know how much this was conjecture or actual spiritual happenings, but he was talking about, he said, you know, one day a, 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 a training demon brought a trainee demon down the sidewalk and, and was training this demon how to cause problems and said he got in front of our house and uh, the little demon said, oh, a preacher lives here, let's go get him. And the, the other demon grabbed him and said, no, I'll stay right here. He said, a couple of us went in that house last week and they like to beat the tar out of us. He said, even a dog can cast out devils in there. Amen. Hallelujah. Do, do you understand? We are causing the devil a problem. There's nothing he can do because the church is in the earth. We are that force that Jesus left in the church that the powers of hell cannot prevail against cannot they cannot amen yeah but this one's doing this and this one fell and this one's this and this one quit well listen you 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 can't base what you think about the battle we're in because somebody quit or somebody fell into sin. You're always going to have that. Your job is keep your mind on what God asked you to do. Keep your mind on the vision God gave you and gave your church. And let the devil and the world do what they're going to do. But we're just going to do what we do. Oh, hallelujah. Acts chapter 2. Let's start in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. As a, a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind. That word wind, it literally means this. It means breath, breath of life or respiration. Breath, breath of life or respiration. This is the very breath of God coming into the church. Whew. The Holy Spirit, the life giver, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead came into the church. The Bible says the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead was, came into you at salvation and will quicken your mortal body. That word quicken, bring to life, jump over into life. The church is alive. None dead about the church. I, 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 I shudder when I hear preachers talk about how dead the church is. They don't know the church. They're getting the idea of the church from somebody else. 
That, that's something religious that makes people shout. I've never seen people shout so much over the church being dead as I'm seeing today. Oh, the church, we need a revival. The church is dead. And people just shout. What are they shouting over? They're not shouting over the word because the word doesn't say the church is dead. Amen. Do you understand that? And, and, and what bothers me is there's pa- they are pastors of a church talking about how dead the church is. Well, if the body's dead, the head's dead. Maybe you need to repent. <laughs> when you say the body of Christ is weak and incapacitated, you're saying Christ is weak and incapacitated. Because the body cannot be something the head isn't. The head has all power. The head has all authority. The head gave us all power. The head gave us all authority. And he said, now you go into all the world and you preach the gospel and you heal the sick and you cast out devils. Freely it's been given. Now freely give it. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Nothing with the life of God in it is dead. Asleep or weak. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was preaching this morning on being found in Him. And I made the statement. I said, I said the answer to racial tension is people understanding that in Christ they have no identity of their own and their identity is swallowed up in Jesus. If you see yourself in Christ, you don't see yourself as a black man or a white man or a Hispanic man or a woman or a male. You see yourself as being in Christ. If you're one of those people that think men are always out to get women and, and, you know, I'm just a woman and I got a harder road than everybody else, you need to find out who you are in Christ. If you're one of those people that think your race defines you or your education defines you, you need to understand and be defined by who you're a part of. You are in Christ. Your identity is in Christ. And you are a part of the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth, the entity that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. And I have a part in that. Whatever my part is, I have a part of that body. I might be a hand, a thumb, a finger, a toe, a nose, an eye, an ear, but I am important to the body of Christ. I am important to the church. Everything I do is important to the church. The church can't function without me the way it can with me. Why? Because I have been assigned an assignment in the church of the living God. I have been assigned an assignment in the body of Christ. When I got saved, God the Father personally chose me to be a part of the body of Christ and he called me and elected me and directed me and placed me where I'm at I'm a part of something that cannot be shaken cannot be shaken so what Hebrews says we have received a kingdom that cannot be moved amen nobody can move it the Democrats can't move it The Republicans can't move it. Black Lives Matter can't prove it. 
Transgenders can't move it. Homosexuals can't move it. Hypocrites can't move it. Backsliders can't move it. Liars can't move it. Nobody can move it. Why? It is founded on the rock of revealed knowledge of who Christ is and who I am in Him. Glory to God. Ah, hallelujah. Whew. No, 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 no. Notice Ephesians 2. Oh, hallelujah. My goodness. Ephesians 2 and 19. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And you are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building, fitly framed together, groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are builded together for a habitation of God. Through the Spirit. So the church is, notice, first of all, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets of whom Jesus is the cornerstone. That's what we're built on. The Phillips translation says, the actual foundation stone being Christ Jesus himself. So the church is built on Jesus himself. Not shaky ground. Not tottering to and fro. Amen. I've heard people say, well, you know, the church is taking a beating. She's barely standing. That's wrong. That's a lie. That's a lie. Don't talk about the body of Christ that way. Amen. And then those same preachers out of the other side of their mouth will say Jesus is soon to return. Jesus is not going to return for a church that's, that's wobbling and about to fall. He's returning for a church that has all authority and all power. Amen. We're not going out of here with a whimper. Going out of here with a party. Hallelujah. Strike up the band. It's party time. Hallelujah. Why, we're going somewhere. Oh, I'm helping you tonight. You can't talk about how weak and incapacitated the church is and at the same time talk about the exploits the church is going to do. It's got to be one or the other. It's got to be one or the other. We're not going to be under an open heaven. We are under an open heaven. We sang it tonight. I am standing under an open heaven. I am drenched by endless showers of grace. I'm surrounded by love and tender mercy. Amen. When you got born again, heaven opened. And it never shut. Hallelujah. And I've had people tell me, well, you know what I mean. No, I don't. If you say something contrary to what the Word says about the church, I don't know what you mean. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, if you're married in here, I'll talk to the men. If you're married in here, you believe that you married the prettiest girl there is. Amen. At least you should. Amen. Amen. If you don't, we need to have a talk. Or else give your wife five minutes alone in a room with you. Amen. <laughs> anyway, my point is saying that you believe that. You don't think it. You believe it. You know it. Amen. 
Hallelujah. People say, yeah, I married the prettiest girl that come out of Arkansas. And they'll look at me and I'll go, yeah, you probably did. Mine came from Tennessee. <laughs> Settles that. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, now, the reason I'm saying that, you don't think that. You know that. You believe that with all of your heart. You believe that. Amen. Nobody can change your mind. Don't let anybody change your mind about the church. You, you'll start praying the wrong way. You'll start talking the wrong way. Oh, Lord, revive the church. The church isn't dead. Yeah, but we need to see a move of God. We're in a move of God. A move of God started 2,000 years ago when the Holy Spirit came into the upper room. Revival started. Re re amen. Renewal started. A move of God started. It never ended. Glory to God. The church is built on the foundation stone of Christ. Notice, he said the church is a holy temple in the Lord. There's that glory. The church is a holy temple in the Lord. God's dwelling place. It says next, we are God's habitation through the Spirit. God does not dwell in a weak, emaciated, asleep, incapacitated body. Anything God's in is alive. Anything God's in is strong. Anything God's in is wonder-working, miracle-working, life-changing, spirit-infusing, devil-hating, miracle-working, God-honoring. Oh, hallelujah. You might can tell I love the church. Ephesians 3, verse 8. Paul is talking about being a minister and he says, unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hid in Christ, in God, excuse me, who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can we back up to verse uh, 10 and look at that in the Amplified Bible? I, I want you to see this. Because he's, he's emphasizing the church. The purpose is that through the church. Who? The church. The complicated, many-sided wisdom of God. In all its infinite variety and innumerable aspects. Might now be made known to the angelic rulers and authorities. Principalities and powers in the heavenly sphere. Hallelujah. Now let's look at that next verse. This is in accordance with the terms. 
of the eternal and timeless purpose which he has realized and carried into effect in the person of Christ Jesus our Lord, which is in whom because of our faith in him we dare to have the boldness, courage and confidence of free access and unreserved approach to God with freedom and without fear. Notice, he says it is through the church that he's going to show that wisdom. To who? The angels, the principalities. That's what he said. The church is the angels' university. Everything they know about God's grace, they, they learn it from us. That's why in the Old Testament and the New Testament, in the book of Psalms, uh, 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 Paul is quoting Psalms. Well, I say Paul, the writer of Hebrews, is quoting Psalms, and he makes the statement. He says that, that in one place, he said, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visited him? You have made him a little lower than Elohim. You have made him a little lower than God. And people will say, well, in, in, in Hebrews, it, it says angels. It does say angels, but he's quoting the Hebrew. And in the Hebrew, it says Elohim. And you always go back to the original language. A little lower than Elohim. And it says he's put all things under his feet. And then it says in Hebrews, what's it say? It says, yet we do not see all things put under his feet, but we see Jesus. We see Jesus, right? Who by the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he might, by the grace of God, taste death for every man. So we don't see in the natural, although it is in the spirit, we don't see in the natural every enemy put under the church's feet, but we do see Jesus who is seated at the right hand of God the Father, we are seated with Him, and we see all things under His feet. And He's the head of the body. He's the cornerstone. My point in saying that is in Psalms and in Hebrews, the writer in Psalms, the writer of Hebrews, both reference the fact that the angels are looking in the Old Testament at man, in the New Testament at the church, and they're going, what's the deal? And it says that through the church, God will show that wisdom. Do you see this? The wisdom of God's eternal plan is revealed through the church. This church that many are saying is weak, defeated, not doing their job. God's showing the wisdom. His multifaceted, incomprehensible wisdom. He's showing it through the church. Understand that one of the three unfathomables of Christian theology is salvation. The new creation. It's unfathomable. You can't wrap your natural mind around it. How do you get saved? And you were something 30 seconds before you believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth. But then the moment, the very moment that you did that, you ceased being what you were and became what you are. You stopped being a sinner and became a saint. The old man died. The new came instantly. 
You can't wrap your mind around that. You can try, but you can't wrap your mind around it. It's a miracle. He'll show that wisdom through the church. We're the university of God's grace and God's goodness to those beings in the heavenly realm. They investigate God's goodness by seeing it in the lives of the church. The enemy has to get the church to talk bad about the church in order to defeat the church. Amen. People say, well, I don't know what's wrong with the church. And I say, I don't know. What do you mean? Nothing wrong with the church. Yeah, but, but we don't have, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. The same Holy Spirit is in the church with all of his old-time life-giving power. I, I just taught in healing school on types and shadows. And I said one of the main reasons we know it's God's will to heal is because the same Holy Spirit that was working through Jesus and Paul to heal the sick is in the church with all of his old-time life-giving power. He hadn't went anywhere. The Holy Spirit has not left the earth. As long as the church is in the earth, the Holy Spirit has a vehicle to work through. You, You can't get your eyes on, well, this is going on and that's going on. What's going on in the church? going on in the church amen Ephesians 1 am I helping you with this Ephesians 1 17 he says that he's praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling what the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality power might dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and has put all things under his feet, and gave him to be all things, to be the head over all things to the church. Don't miss the next verse, which is his body. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. Christ is the head of the church. The church is the body of Christ. It says we are filled with all the fullness of God. Can you show me that in the Amplified Bible, please, sir? This is so important. Because this is the church. We're about to see the church in in this verse. Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. For in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. So in the church, in the body of Christ, is the full measure of God himself. Doesn't sound weak, incapacitated, or defeated. The undefeatable church. 
The Phillips translation says, and in that body lives fully the one who fills the whole universe. If the head is not weak or defeated, the body's not weak or defeated. Look at 1 Timothy 3. I know some of this may be elementary. That's okay. It's good doctrine. Hallelujah. And, and, and what we see a lot in, in the world today is a, is a void of doctrine. Amen. I've, I've had people ask me, what do you think about this and that and the other? And, and I won't criticize anybody. I'll say, it's not good doctrine. If you don't have doctrine, you have no anchor. The word doctrine simply means, it means this. It means instruction about what you believe. I was sharing something with Pastor Michelle the other day, and it was this. I read an article by a man, that, a good man, and he was making, he, the title of his article is When Jesus Became an Idol. And you know, that caught my attention. And he said, uh, he, said he, he said, I was in my church. He pastors a large church. He said, I was in my church. And he said, I was, uh, I was trying to sing along with the praise and worship. He said, because it was a new song. He said, you know, our worship songs only have about a three-week shelf life now. You know, I mean, we, we, we sing them, and then the new wears off, and then the next top 40 comes out, and we, you know, our, our worship team runs out and, and, and downloads the, the latest bubblegum pop Christian music so we can sing it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway. But he said, they were singing a song, and he said, uh, at once I was struck by how doctrinally inaccurate it was. And we've sang the song, we'll still sing it, but we changed the words. I've had people say, well, yeah, the, the, y'all don't sing that song like it's on the radio. Well, no, because it's doctrinally wrong on the radio. We had to change it. And he said it was this song. And, and I won't sing the tune because I, I don't, if you might like that song, I don't want to offend you. But uh, the song was saying about Jesus, you alone are seated on the throne of heaven. No, he's not. The Bible says he's seated next to the Father. With the church. He's not alone. People say, well, that don't matter. Yes, it does. Because that's the power center of the universe. And Jesus is not alone. He's not an idol to be worshipped. Jesus is one of the tripartite Godhead. Jesus is a literal flesh and blood man, flesh and bone man that's seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and I. He's a man in heaven. You understand? And God blessed his brother. He said, I stepped up and stopped him. And took the next few minutes and explained why that was doctrinally inaccurate. But he made a statement that, that struck me. He said, what hit me was in the whole time they were writing that song and practicing that song in the place that it came from. And I realize people are, are trying to write and love God. I'm not being critical. But, but 
It's called doctrine. He said, why didn't somebody stand up and go, but wait a minute, he's not alone. Now see, in our circles, Word of Faith, we'll run down those songs that are, you know, talk about there won't be any blind men in heaven, you know, and I'm coming up the rough side of the mountain. Oh, we'd never sing those songs. But you go into spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-filled churches, and they're talking about how Jesus is alone on the throne in heaven. They're singing songs about when fear overwhelms me and fear overtakes me. What? The book of Psalm 23 says, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. I will not fear because the Lord is with me. So to sing a song about fear overtaking me is doctrinally wrong. You understand? Now I'm saying that for a reason. So when you have people that don't, they're not seeing right, it's a, it's a void of doctrine. Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 3.16, and he made the statement. He told Timothy, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable, number one, for doctrine. For doctrine. Your doctrine of the church has to match up with what the Bible's doctrine of the church is. You impair truth when you say something about the church that the Bible doesn't say about the church. You present an idea or an image of the church as something the word doesn't say. And what happens when you do that is is you limit the effectiveness of the people in the church because they're thinking of themselves in terms that the Bible doesn't think of them in. You cannot be a part of something that you're always hearing is weak, incapacitated, not doing their job, and feel good about you. Every time you leave here, I want you walking out of there thinking, my God, I'm a part of something that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. Glory to God. Amen. I want, I want you, every time you think about coming to church, I want you to pull a lily. She'll say, where are we going? Church. Yay, yay, going to church. Yay. Amen. Am I helping you? Now, why, why is this important? If your doctrine's wrong in one area, it's like, it's like getting in an airplane and setting your heading And if you don't ever check your heading and you're just a little bit off, it may look like that much on the map, but it can be a thousand miles. All it takes is a little bit of a doctrinal shift. You stay with what the word says. Just takes a little bit of a shift. Glory to God. Did you find 1 Timothy 3, verse 15? Paul said, if I tarry long, hmm. Paul must have preached, preached a while. It's for this reason, that you may know how you ought to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. 
I've talked about this before. One translation says the stay, the prop and support of the truth. See, people somewhere have gotten the idea that they don't need the church to abide in the truth. But the scripture just says that the church is the prop and support of the truth. It's not that you can't hear the word. People are watching online. God bless you. We thank you for being an e-member with us, and we're grateful. But we've always said, if you can be here, you need to be here. We, 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 we want you to watch by live stream. That's, that's why we pay to have it. But doctrinally, there are things that you get when you're physically present because there's an anointing of association. Amen. There, there's an anointing of being in the, in the, in the vicinity. Hallelujah. Another translation says, the foundation upon which the truth rests. When we're talking about how the church is weak, it's the foundation that the truth rests on. Oh, hallelujah. Notice, this is not what the church was. It's what the church is. Not what the church was, what the church is. I've heard so many messages about we need to get back to the church in the book of Acts. No, we don't. That was the baby church. We have far more revelation than they had. We know more about being in Christ. 120 people started the church on the day of Pentecost and knew nothing about being in Christ. But inside of 40 years, they turned the world upside down. Because they took what they knew and went for it. They took what they knew. You never see him talking about the church is weak. You never see Paul writing a letter. Brother, and I took it upon myself to write to you and tell you how weak and incapacitated the church is. And you're just not doing your job. You have fallen asleep. Or whatever. You're acting like the world. I don't understand what that means. When a pastor gets up and tells his church, you're acting like the world, how does that reflect on you, buddy? <laughs> that you got a church that's acting like the world. You're not preaching anything? The word cleans people up. Amen. You come and sit, you give this church six months of your life and you'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. Why? Because there's too much word going on in here. And the word says when you, the Bible says when you come and you sit under the word, that you're washed in the water of the word of God. There are things that you'll just lose sitting in church and you'll get home and go, where'd that go? The word washed it away. You'll, you'll wake up one morning with a brand new husband because he's been bathing in the word. Hallelujah. Do, do you understand that? You cannot say things like that. Church is so worldly, I'll tell you what. You can't tell the difference between the world and the church. That's your fault. That's that pastor's fault. 
If they can't tell the difference between his church and the world, my church don't live like the world. My church don't think like the world. My church don't act like the world. My church makes the world nervous. I'm telling you. That's how you got to talk about the church of the living God. Oh, my Lord. The church is still the entity that keeps people anchored to the truth. The church is still the entity that keeps the support of truth in believers' lives. We are the church. And the Lord gave me something about this. He said, we are the church. Born of God. Body of Christ. Blood-bought. Battle-tested. Alive by the Spirit. Spirit-driven. Army of God in the earth. Undefeatable by the powers of hell, politicians, or religion. We are the undefeatable church. Cannot be defeated. Cannot be defeated. Amen. We face persecution and overcome it. They thought, Nero thought he would destroy the church and the blood of those martyrs just watered the ground and they sprang up overnight in numbers that he could have never imagined. Hallelujah. They've tried to drive it out of every nation on the earth at one time or another and the church just keeps thriving. I am told that well over 1,000 to 1,500 people a day are coming to God in communist China right in the middle of Afghanistan where they're dying every day for their faith and being tortured. The church of the living God is alive and well in Russia, in China, in Japan, everywhere you go. The church, the church, the church is alive and well. And the church is alive and well in America. The church is alive and well in the United States of America. It doesn't matter who's president. It doesn't matter who's in power. The church of the living God cannot be defeated. It cannot be stopped. It cannot be driven out. You drive one of us away, another one just steps up and takes his place. We can't be defeated. Glory to God. Just put me down. Write my name down. I'm part of the church. Somebody asked me, I'll end with this. Somebody asked me right after the election. They said, they came to me and said, Pastor, what are we going to do? I said, what do you mean? Well, with all this that's happened, I said, we're going to keep doing what we always do. Building faith and framing worlds by the word of God. My, 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 my older children used to watch a show called Pinky in the Brain. And, and, and every day, they'd come to the lab, and Pinky would say, what are we doing today, Brain? He'd say, same thing we're doing every day, Pinky, taking over the world. I've had people over the years ask me, what are we doing today, Pastor? I say, same thing we do every day, taking over the world. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Amen. I've, I've had people come and tell me that they visited our church 20 years ago and came here for a while, moved away or whatever, and they'd come back to visit. And they say, you know, the surprising thing is you're preaching the same thing you preached 20 years ago. Thank God. Don't need to preach something new. 
Do you realize that? The church, and, I, and I'll close with this, the church is not always trying to get you something new. The church's job is to make sure you're getting what you need to be successful. Teaching is the repetition of a truth. You know, I don't worry about if I'm preaching something you've heard before. I don't care. <laughs> Amen. Why? Because you didn't get it all the first time. I didn't get it all the first time. I've learned more. I'm teaching on authority again for the, the third time in the last two years. And, and I'm seeing more about it now than ever before. But the, but the point is, I'm still not seeing it all. So we'll just keep preaching it. You'll keep getting it. He'll keep showing it. We'll keep preaching it. You'll keep getting it. He'll keep showing it. Amen. Are you following me? Because he said to us about 2022, he said, uh, for the body of Christ, if they will believe, 2022 will be a year of beautiful clarity, a year of astounding abundance, a year of revival, restoration, and recompense. If they will believe, it will start in the local church. Services full of the glory. Miracles, healings, freedom from demonic oppression. Sinners saved. Lukewarm believers returning to their first love. If they will believe, they will see this, all of this and more. If they will believe, I will restore not only financially what's been lost, I will restore joy, peace, and victory. If they will believe, they will see recompense for any suffering they endured. The Bible says God is the God of recompense. Any damages and any loss, the spiritual tide is rising. The water is ankle deep. If they will believe, the church will see not only a move of my presence, but they will see unprecedented things. 2022 is a year for the church to display my power. I will do great things for you, but if you will believe, I will do great things through you. <sighs> Folks, that's why I can't buy into it. I can't buy into a lot of religious garbage that we're hearing. I, I, can't, I can't buy into it. I can't buy into it. The answer is not changing the political arena. The answer is the church being the church. You got to read your Bible. You got to read your Bible. There's not one there's not one statement in the entire New Testament about what the church is supposed to do in the political arena except intercede, supplicate, pray for all men, for kings and all that are in authority. I talked about it in prayer meeting this morning. And what are we supposed to pray for them? That they would come to the knowledge of the truth and that they would be saved. There's not one scripture about praying to remove the political leader. And you got, you got entire people, groups, praying to remove the, the, the president. And you have no scriptural precedent. None. Well, the Bible says the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. 
And as the waters, rivers of water, he turns it where he didn't say he removes the king. Now, you, you believe whatever you want to believe about that. But if you, if you come to this church, I'm telling you, that's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. We're not going to see a revival if the Democrats aren't there. We're not going to see a revival if the Republicans are there. After all, you know, that's the revival party, the Republicans. No. No. The church was right in the middle of a revival and they were cutting people's heads off. And you never see Paul praying to remove Nero. He said, when you pray for your leaders that you will lead a quiet and peaceable life. I'm not involved in all the animosity that's going on in the world. I'm not involved in all the turmoil. Amen. I, I, listen, I pastor, I pastor an integrated church here. I pastor a very integrated church in Little Rock. And I don't, I don't get involved in race. I don't get involved in Black Lives Matter. I get involved in eternal life matters. Man, that ought to be a shirt. You know, instead of, instead of the fist, the fist holding the Bible, eternal life matters. Yeah, we might make enough money off that church, that shirt, to pay off the 2414. Now, please understand, I'm, I'm, I'm not asking you to agree with everything that I say. You're never going to. You can lie about it, but you're never going to. I'm never going to agree with everything you say. I promise, Jim. But, matter of fact, I need to talk to you tonight. No, not really, not really, not really. I, I, I got to get you out of here. But do you understand about what I'm saying about the church? We're not dragging our feet. The church is going to get the job done. We've faced a lot worse than this. And we've always overcome. And we will always overcome. I, I thank God for men that are holding the standard. Man, Mario Murillo blessed me last week. He just blessed me. I, I just like that evangelistic anointing. I, sometime I wish I could be an evangelist. But then I think, no, not really. I like pastoring. But man, he blessed me because he was all about the kingdom, all about what's happening in the kingdom. People are getting saved. People are getting set free. People are getting delivered. When, you, when you're listening to somebody and they're talking about all the bad things, turn them off. Just do yourself a favor and just turn them off. Why? Because you're the church. Right here tonight, I see an undefeatable group of people. There's nothing the devil can do about you. There's nothing he can do about you. Not one thing, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Amen. Well, you, know, you know, Pastor, what if, what if somebody dies? The other side of that is glory. <laughs> you know, can I share this with you before we go? Brother Hagen, when he, uh, remember the story he told about his Sunday school superintendent that fell off that oil derrick and fell into some machinery and, and, and he died? Went to heaven, and uh, Jesus met him and said, no, you got to go back because Brother Hagin won't let you stay. You know, I had a young man that stood on that. His, his dad, uh, 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 Colby Young, his dad, Pastor Rule Young, was in the hospital in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, he, had, he had been attacked with sickness and, and uh, uh, different things, and, 
and, and COVID had something to do with it. But the doctors came to uh, his wife, Pastor Lisa, and said, we need to talk because uh, he's not getting any better. And if we pull the plug, he's going to die. So in a couple of days, we need to have that talk because even if he lives, he's going to be a vegetable. It's impossible for him to live. And so we need to talk about him going away. And Colby went to the Lord, and he asked the Lord. He said, Lord, if my dad shows up there, he said, I want you to do like you did with Brother Hagin, with, with that guy with Brother Hagin. I want you to tell him he can't stay because I'm praying for him. Well, you know, his dad did die. He testified about it. He said, he said there were angels singing. Angels were standing around my bed singing. And Colby said, Dad, you, I, you might have died. He said, I believe I did. But he came back. And this same man that they said would be a vegetable that couldn't live is alive and well. Amen. He's in rehab, but he's alive and well. They said he'll, he'll never regain any of his function, his mental function. He'll never have his memory. And Kobe was there and he said, Dad, I bet you're about ready to, to get out of here and go hunting. And his dad said, yeah, doesn't such and such season start in two days? It sounded like a guy that doesn't have a memory. And they said, well, you'll be at least 60 days in here rehab or at least six months. He said, nope, I'll be out of here in 30 days. And I believe he will be. Now, I'm sharing that story with you because that man, you know, uh, he stood on that. That brother that died and went to heaven and the Lord wouldn't let him stay, he testified his first time back in church. And you know what he told the people? He said, never feel sorry for a believer that dies and goes to heaven. Never feel sorry for him. He said, it was the most beautiful experience I ever had. You understand what I'm saying? The devil never wins. Look at your neighbor and tell him, with all the gusto you have, the devil never wins. Yeah, brother so-and-so went to heaven. Yes, he went to heaven. The devil didn't win. Right? Did not win. He doesn't win. The devil never wins. We win. And then we make him eat it. For everything he's pulled on us. Every, amen. I, I remember, oh, I got to shut up, I know. I remember in, in, in Cedar Rapids when the, when the Lord uh, 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 was so gracious and he put that uh, endowment in my life for the healing of hearts. Uh, the glory, Ron, Jim, some of y'all were there. The glory was so strong in that meeting. And we came out and, and we didn't even want to talk because it was so, so, such glory. And as I was walking to the car, the Lord said, Now, with that endowment, you go and you make the devil pay for taking your father out early. You make him pay for it. And I've been making him pay for it. We've already got two documented cases of people with heart conditions totally healed by the power of God. Why? Because the devil is not winning anything. He has not gained one inch of ground on the church. He's not gained one centimeter of ground on the church. We are the occupying force. We're not pushed around by the devil. We're not moved by the devil. He can't move us. He cannot prevail against us. Amen. Amen. You better stand up or I'll keep preaching. I promise. I will tarry long. 
<laughs> but nobody's sitting in the window, so we're good. <laughs> 